Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. <laughs> Why fuck them all? So you have headphones. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it right. You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. Right, here we go. We're literally. We are on, <laughs> on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner. And the fat man. He says, man. You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up the <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. Good to be back. It's another edition of The Ride Home. It is uh, Sunday, and I'm driving home from... Uh, Deja Vu Comedy Club in Columbia, Missouri. It's my first time there, and uh, it was an interesting week because it's uh, just Friday and Saturday. You do one show each each night, and Thursday they added on a one-nighter down in Lake of the Ozarks, um, which turned out to be horrendous. I got to uh, Lake of the Ozarks and checked in and went down to see the club and it was really nice separate room from the bar it was all set up for comedy I guess they've been doing it there for years all good things you know made me comfortable that it was going to be a good show that night then I showed up and it was like five minutes to showtime and there were zero people in the room which is hard man it's hard because I've never been there before so people have never seen my act you know, they don't know if I'm funny or not. The club has blasted their social media and their email list and did as best they could, and nobody showed up. So we were kind of saying our goodbyes, and I was just about to leave. And these two ladies came in, like, in their mid-50s, and they really wanted a comedy show. They said they'd been watching my videos online and I was really funny and they rented a car and uh, drove over there. It was actually a bus. They rented uh, some weird travel bus that had a uh, stripper pole in it and shit. I'm assuming it's uh, something relatable to like wedding parties or party bus or something like that. So they're just begging us to do the comedy show. And I looked at the feature act and he was like, yeah, whatever. So uh, the owner's like, well, just do an abbreviated show, obviously. So my opener went up and he did like 10 minutes. And then I went up and by the time I was finished, there was like 13 people in the room and it ended up being a really fun show. And then the lady gave me a hundred bucks as a tip to say, thanks for doing the comedy show. It was crazy. But uh, they put us up in the hotel. <laughs> I got to tell you about the hotel. So it's an Econo Lodge, and I get there, and they don't have my reservation. So I have to call the club, and the club's like apologetic that they didn't set up the reservation. So the guy was going to 
drive over that minute and straighten it out and the lady at the front desk was trying to chat with me but it was just really distracting because she had dentures that uh, it kind of looked like she maybe used the last little bit in the uh, polydent tube that morning because as she was talking her teeth were like flapping in the wind (laughs) and oh man it's like one of my pet peeves if you got dentures make sure they're attached and they look like real teeth you know it's pretty fucking weird when it looks like you're your own ventriloquist with your teeth flopping around everywhere and this other lady and that's the thing I love about small towns is like there's just this other lady hanging out at the hotel like she's just got nothing else going on so she's just sitting there having a free coffee just hanging out you know it's like how many times I've gone into a a Casey's or a Shell or something in a little small town and you go in there and there's just like six old dudes sitting around a table in the back corner just tapping their coffee cups on the table spinning stories you know the hotel was all right you know I looked in the shower and there was a spider in there which really fucked with my head the rest of the night I kind of wanted to get the hell out of there immediately but so the next two nights I was up in Columbia Missouri and they uh put us up in a really nice hotel up there and it's an interesting club because it's like they own a dance club on the main floor and then there's a comedy club up on the second floor and they try to like run both business like you know together where they want the people at the dance club to come to the comedy club and people at the comedy club to go down to the dance club and it's kind of hard for them to keep up that momentum, you know? Yeah. And I was getting paid out at the end of the week, and the uh, the guy who owned the comedy club was uh, confiding in me that, that he was having a rough time, that, like, he wasn't uh, <clears throat> doing as good as he used to, because I guess Deja Vu Comedy Club's been around for, like, 30 years, and he's only owned it for like 10 and uh, it's just gotten tougher and tougher that they used to do shows like Tuesday through Sunday and now they're just doing Friday, Saturday and uh, you know he's kind of letting me on on the insides of the business and what happens and stuff and I kind of knew a little bit about it you know it's it's a vicious circle in the comedy business because when a club is having a tough time selling tickets because it's like a two-pronged thing it's like a very successful comedy club um, are able to sell a ticket for the show and then get a bunch of money from that person for drinks and food like that's the ideal situation but what happens a lot of times is people you know, they realize how much money it's going to cost to get the tickets, the food, and the drinks. So they kind of decide to do something else with the evening. So what comedy clubs will do to try to entice people in the door is they'll do two-for-one specials. 
they'll give away tickets on the radio station, um, they'll do like a mailing list thing, or a fishbowl type of thing, where you can win a party at 10 type of thing, some clubs are so desperate, they actually have a room full of people that are just making phone calls all day, offering people free tickets to come to the comedy show, and, uh, Larry and Terry, who run uh, the Looney Bin in Oklahoma City, one of my favorite clubs in the country. Larry was telling me a story that at some point there was four comedy clubs in Oklahoma City, and they were all fighting over getting the free tickets out there so people would come to their comedy club. And they were telemarketing so much, at one point they called a guy, and it went to his answering machine, and it said something like, Sorry, I missed your call. If you're calling from... uh, Jokers, Flippers, Looney Bin, or the Laugh House, we are not interested in free tickets. Like, it got that bad, you know? But what happens with giving away the free tickets to get people into the door, well, now you're making your food and drink prices most of the time. Sometimes people just take the free ticket and they don't buy anything. That's why comedy clubs had to institute the two-drink minimum or the two-item minimum. Because even if they give you the ticket for free, you have to buy two things when you're there, which is pretty crazy. I remember one time I was doing Penguins in Cedar Rapids, and these two old folks got a, got free tickets to come see the show. And they had a two-item minimum. And the funniest thing is, like, the cheapest thing on the menu is a bottle of water, which is a dollar. So with a two-item minimum... You would only have to get two bottles of water and you could literally get out of there for like a $2 tab plus tip. So they sat there the whole show and the waitress kept explaining to them that they needed to get a two item, get two items and they kept refusing. So at the end of the show, she gave them a bill for $2 and gave them the waters, put them on the table and said, these are yours. We have a two item minimum and this is the minimum Um, that we can charge you. And that old man fucking lost his mind. He's like, I'm not paying this. You're, you're robbing me. And, uh, the owner at the club at the time was just like, you know, please don't, please don't make me call you, call the police over like $2. So he fucking paid the bill in like pennies and nickels or some shit. And they left. But that's so, that's what they do. They give away tickets and then people come to the shows and they're not paying for the ticket. So in a sense, it kind of, it kind of devalues the, uh, the product. Because let's say you live in Columbia, Missouri. And like once or twice a month, you're like, I really want to go see a comedy show. So you go on the calendar and you look who's coming and, you know everybody's kind of foreign to you, so you're, you know, you just kind of figure out what day you're going to go, and, uh, you realize that you've still got those free tickets that they gave you, blah, 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 so now you're not even paying for the show, you know, so it's like, it just devalues it, and I think one of the biggest, uh, illustrations of that was uh, this comic Todd Yon 
he decided to get off the road and open a comedy club, so he opened a Funny Bone in High Point, North Carolina. Um, and at the time when he opened it, like, High Point was going through a horrible um, depression and no jobs and, and a recession and everything. So he came out of the gate, like, just giving away shit tons of free tickets. But in his head, being a comedian, he was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be open Tuesday through Sunday. I'm going to blast all these free tickets. But there'll be one stipulation to the free ticket that you can't use it on Friday or Saturday. You can use it any other day you want, but not Friday or Saturday. So what happened? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday were sold out. Friday and Saturday, the four shows put together, we had like 100 people. It was ridiculous. And even worse than that is like, they didn't buy anything. I was there for like 10 shows, and I sold one CD for $5. Like, that's all I sold. But that club has since closed, and and that's the hard part of things, you know, where you were comedy clubs they open and and there's kind of an excitement and they don't have to do much as far as like giving away free tickets or whatever because everybody wants to come to the comedy show so they pay the money and come to the comedy show and then after a while the numbers start to dip and they start to freak out because they're like they start doing the math on having 200 people in the showroom all buying two items and, and giving away like a hundred tickets for that show, like the math always comes out ahead. So they're always just trying to get people in there. But if, if you're not ever paying for something, there's no way that you would ever start paying for it. So that's the hard part is like, once you go down that road where you start giving away all the free tickets for the comedy show, you're stuck. Because there's no way that you can go back. There's no way that you can take away the free tickets and start charging people. Because they're just not going to stand for it. So the guy there was explaining that's kind of what happened to them. is um, The nightclub was doing really well, but the comedy club was struggling. But it didn't matter because the nightclub was picking up so much of, a sl- of the slack. And then the nightclub started to slip started to freak out about the numbers at the comedy clubs, so started giving away the free tickets, and boom, this is where we're at now. And it was just so crazy Thursday night, because it, it was a bar in a small town, um, about an hour and a half from anywhere, a lot of people walking around the town. And the worst part about the whole thing was it was like a split establishment where there was like a glass wall and there was a bar where people were watching sports games and shit. And then on the other side of the glass wall was the comedy club. And there was like 30 or 40 people in the sports bar watching games. But not one of them wanted to come into the comedy club, even for free. You know, and that's the fucking hard part about this business sometimes. It's like, 
there are people out there that love stand-up comedy to death, you know. They love listening to it on the radio. They love watching it on their computers. They love being there in the crowd. And God bless those people because this business would not exist without those people. But there's just about as many people out there as those people that could give two shits about stand-up comedy. You know, they're just into other shit. You know, they're into motorcycles and and uh, fishing and golf and you know, when people suggest a comedy show, they're like, nah, I don't know, you know. But I think, too, it's it's partly because of the society that we live in now. You know, back in the 70s and the early 80s when stand-up comedy started, like, we're talking about a world without the internet, a world without smartphones, a world without um, anything, really. So the only way that you could see stand-up comedy was being in a comedy club. It's the only way it existed. I mean, you could listen to it on records and stuff like that, but it's like that visual form of it back then only was live. And now, I think with everything, it's just, it's splintered so far that it's like there's stand-up comedy on Netflix, there's stand-up comedy on the late-night talk shows, comedy on HBO, Showtime, Hulu, you know, YouTube, everything. You can watch it anywhere at any time, at any moment. And uh, going to see a comedian live has kind of lost the luster a little bit. But there still are those people out there that, that are really good at bringing in numbers. And it's funny right now because I think it kind of changes with time, but right now... The hottest comics and the ones that can sell out the rooms the most are the ones that have a Chelsea Lately credit or a Girl or Guy Code credit from MTV, you know? Because it's like those kids that are into those shows, they uh, they still have that wonderment of, of meeting those people in person, you know? It's like they watch those shows and they're like, God, that that guy looks so cool, you know, it'd be cool to meet him and hang out with him. And then you find out that he's going to be at your local comedy club and they just flip out and they all buy tickets and they come, you know, and then, but I think the hard part with that too is like, it's, it's pretty fleeting. Like those credits are only going to be good for a while and then the next thing's going to come along and bump it off. And, uh, you know, who knows what the secret recipe is to being successful at a comedy club. I think it's obviously right now, um, if you do a one-nighter in a small town every once in a while, you'll probably be pretty successful. But trying to run a full-time comedy club in a, in a town that doesn't have a million people in it is almost impossible. And it kind of sucks because some of the some of those small town comedy clubs um, are some of the the funnest places to go. Cause they're just so genuinely happy about having you there and everything. But you know, it's just sad to see it, and it's sad to see the waves. You know, like last week I was at the Star Dome, and they've got like four hundred people a show Sunday through Tuesday through Sunday. 
and then you're at a, an awesome club like Deja Vu where everybody there is so nice and it's just so cool and they're just having trouble getting people in the door and it's sad and it's literally like down the road from uh, that Mizzou College uh, Missouri State or whatever the hell it's called and uh, they're still having trouble but I had a good time and uh, it was fun sold a lot of flapjacks and tit shirts and uh, I'm just glad to be heading home heading home for uh, my daughter's two year two year old birthday party I think it's going to kick ass but uh, thanks for tuning in to the ride home and you can uh, check out my podcast on Stitcher tuned in Podbean, iTunes um, check out my website largedrunkman.com for all the new tour, tour dates and uh, yeah tune in next time when we talk about who knows